It's time for Real Estate Roundup. This is the time every single week we get together with noted real estate agent Terry Story. Terry is a 28-year veteran with Coldwell Banker located in Boca Raton, Florida. Welcome back to the show, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve. I want to talk about your business and what it's like out there. And we always do talk about pricing and how to price a house when you're buying a house, not pricing a house, when you're buying a house. Does it make sense to come in in a low ball offer in this market? You know, it really doesn't, Steve. And I'll give you some tips. First of all, it's important to understand how to read the market. If demand is hot and properties are scarce, it's important for buyers who want to play hardball to think twice about it because they're going to end up not getting a house and ticking off the seller and it's a lose-lose for the buyer. If it was a buyer's market, then it could be kind of a race to the bottom, let's say. But in a seller's market, the seller has the upper hand. So a low ball in most cases won't work. It doesn't. And it's an emotional decision too. If you submit a low ball offer, a lot of sellers like, yeah, Yeah. I'm not even going to give you a counter. Mm -hmm. So now that puts you in a bad position because now you have to put in a higher initiating point. Now you look like kind of a fool. Mm -hmm. If you really like the house, now you're, you're chasing yourself. Mm, Um, So I don't, I don't encourage it because it doesn't work. So how do you know what the market really is? I mean, I find when I go at we look at Zillow or the MLS system. I mean, you can kind of see what other houses have gone for, but you don't really know what's going on inside the house. I mean, you know that, let's say you've done tremendous upgrades, but you know, all the houses that sold are, you're still kind of in an old area, you know, it's kind of sure. spotty. How do you know? Well, if you're dealing with an agent who specializes in the area is very familiar with the communities, they're going to know because they've been in those houses and they can tell you, you know, from personal experience about the home. But if you're in a situation where you don't necessarily know the ins and outs of every house, it's important to do your dual diligence. First thing you need to do is look at the most comparable homes and look at the homes that are within a 20% differential of size within that neighborhood. That's how an appraiser is going to look at it. Look at it on a map, see where those homes are located. You know, what do they back up to? Is the subject back up to a lake and the other house backs up to a road? So those are factors you need to take into consideration. You're not going to be able to do it just by, you know, glancing at things. You need to, you know, plot it out on a map, take your time, take a look at it, mm-hmm. and then look at the photos. Now, photos can be deceiving. Yes. Look at the photos. That'll give you some indication. You know, when the house looks really trashy inside, you're going to know. Mm. Sometimes you have really good photography that hides things. But the next thing to really look at is the remarks that the real estate agent writes up. Read what's not there. So if the agent, for example, says, well-maintained, beautiful home, you know, flowers it all up, but doesn't go into the meat and potatoes like updated roof, hurricane impact windows, Mm -hmm. read what's not there. Then you'll have even a better sense as to what kind of upgrades are present in the house. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the agent's the salesperson and the agent's going to want to highlight all the best aspects. And if they're leaving specifics out like that. They don't exist. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I want to talk about those photos though, because the thing that bugs me the most are these wide angle photos. So you go into a house, you know, it's 1100 square feet (laughs) and you go, Hey, I thought this was Mar-a-Lago. You know, I mean, yeah, I thought this looked like, you know, everything was so expansive and the bathrooms were huge, but it's those darn photos. Yeah. I just came back from showing house and the guy, we pulled up to the front of the house and he said, Heck no. (laughs) This is about the ugliest thing I've ever seen. And his wife had picked the house. Now, it was probably beautiful on the inside, Uh but he couldn't get past the outside. 
And it was professional photography and the angle in which the photographer took the picture, it made it look like, you know, this isn't so bad, Mm -hmm. but the way it's situated on the lot, it's an awkward house. If I'm buying a home, really, how important is it for me to get pre-approval of a mortgage? It's critical. First of all, you need to know for yourself what you're approved for. Second, the seller's going to require it. And third, in a seller's market, when you're interested in a house and there's 10 other people that are interested in it, he who has all his paperwork in order is going to get the house. Mm -hmm. Assuming you get yourself in a bidding war or there's two offers at the same price, they're going to take the offer where the buyer is already not only pre-qualified, but pre-approved. They've already turned in their bank statements, their tax returns, and the mortgage person is already in the process of processing a loan for them. So that would be the best scenario for you. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's critical because no one's going to accept an offer without seeing your qualifications. You know, Terry, I love it when you talk about what's going on in your business. Uh, have you had any deals fall through lately? And if you have, what's, what happened? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just had one fall apart this week. And to be honest, it doesn't happen that often. In this particular case, it came down to the inspections. And sellers need to have realistic expectations here because even though it's a seller's market and they're calling the shots, there is some limitations to that. So in this particular case, we had a meeting of the minds on price and it was a fair price for the house. It's a dated home that needs updating. So the buyer does their inspections and the buyer finds that they're, I'll call them maintenance items, like older air conditioners, older hot water heaters, flat roofs that, you know, are at the end of their life. Yeah. And this particular buyers weren't anticipating that. So the buyer goes back to the seller and says, hey, Mr. Seller, I want X amount of dollars towards these items because we didn't anticipate them to be that old or in need of repair. So the seller of saying, well, it's as is, basically offered them 15% of what they had asked for. Yeah. Well, that upset the buyer and they walked. They walked away. Just totally walked away. Seller takes a risk, but the seller's got to say, hey, I've priced this you know, appropriately based upon the age of these things. If I'm going to give you the value of these other things at their full price or something, then I'm, you know, I'm really not getting as much for the house as I should. So there's two sides. Right. There's a difference between needing to update a house and the maintenance items. Oh, I see. You know, when I say updating kitchens and baths That's and different. floorings. Yeah. So the buyers in this case were concentrating on what they needed to do cosmetically and never really factored in that there were going to be maintenance right, right, items. So, gotcha. so there is some, that's something that both buyers and sellers need to take into consideration. Yeah. That's why it's good to have a professional in the market. The professional I'm speaking with is Terry's story. <laughs> Terry is a 28 year veteran with Caldwell Banker located in Boca Raton, and she can be found at terrystory.com. Thanks, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve.